Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 181 of Slamfire Radio for November 18th, 2016. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew the Warning Shot McClatchy. And I'm Adriel, the hunting gear guy me show. And I'm Kelly, the classy one, Lynn. And I'm Trevor. Trevor? Trevor. Hey, Trevor. <laughs> I just Trevor. So, Trevor. Trevor. From the Trevor the Pilate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to do my own thing there. I just can't speak so good. <laughs> That's cool, man. No worries. Very good. Uh, well, seeing as you can't speak and you haven't been on in a while. Wait, when, when, when were you last on? I was on last week, and I finally made it back on the Reloading Podcast. Right, so you have been on in a while. And and then we did the bonus episode on Monday, which was awesome, but you we, don't know that unless you're a Patreon-y. That's right. So, and I told to- a cool story on that, and I don't know if I'm going to tell it on this episode maybe you'll have I, to I wouldn't a... I wouldn't I would save it for the Patreonies sure. I mean you gotta we gotta give you know gotta, gotta give them something to, yeah make it worth their while yeah, yeah why not if you want to hear my make, cool story then it's not really that cool of a story to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> well now they're I not think. going to become <laughs> let's just say I managed to get a velocity out of my handgun of over 2,000 feet per second now there's a hook there's a hook. That's not, if that's not enough to pique your interest. If you want to then, find out how to get a velocity of over 2,000 feet per second out of a handgun, you go ahead and become a Patreon and you'll find out. Or maybe you don't like handguns. Maybe you don't. And in that case, whatever. Stop listening. Yeah. Just <laughs> listen for other reasons, like because of our shotguns, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I love shotguns. Shotguns are cool. I do like shotguns myself. Sadly, I reported last week that my JM Pro was on the way, but it is not... But that's okay, Charlie. I forgive you. Do you know what Life is on the way, though? Not my shotgun. My Troy PAR. I was going to say, is it your Oh, Troy? is it? I got shipping notification this morning, so I should have it by Sweet. the end of the month. Yeah. I should hopefully have it by next Friday, but who knows how the postal service is going to go these next couple of weeks. So, yeah, but it's, anyway, it's in the mail, and it's in Canada, and it's on its way to me, so I'm, I'm stoked about that. I'm hoping that I get accuracy out of it, and if I do... Fantastic. And if not, Did who wants to buy a Troy? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Bolivar had one? Yes. He uh, he it, offered to show it to me when I showed him my airplane. And uh, I said, I've seen a Troy PAR before. I have one. The only difference is your bore will be bigger. And he's like, yep. So we went and looked at the airplane and said, oh, and by yeah. the way, Bolivar, that big pedestal plane out front of the airport is a Lancaster. I know, right? I didn't think it was a Lancaster either, but I decided to solve the uh, the mystery by walking up to the airplane, which was only 20 feet away from us, and looking at the plaque. So I thought, hey, are you talking about the same plane that they're supposed to restore to flying condition? Yes. That's going to cost millions. Millions. Very, very millions. much millions. But yeah, no, it, it, it's actually a Lancaster. So it's... Well, uh, what did you think it was? We I didn't know we because we thought Lancasters had a single tail, not a twin tail. This thing has a forked tail in the back, like a P-38. I thought Lancasters yeah. had a single big tail, which I thought, which they do, don't they? The B-17? 
When you took me there, you said it was a Lancaster. I know, that's because I'm right, but I'm just confused because it has a different tail than what most Lancasters have that I'm familiar with. So. Okay, if this doesn't stop right now, I'm switching our tree. <laughs> I, just, I, I would see, I started off by, by trying to tell Bolivar that he was wrong and that I was right, and it just it went, went the wrong way, I Speaking guess. Speaking of Bolivar, you know what he did today? He foolishly, well, no, he was, he, no, Ken Kowalski foolishly took Brian's advice. Ken was having a bad day. Brian suggests that Ken call me and hang up on me because that always cheers Brian up. Well, Ken doesn't know how to play the, the uh, hang-up game, and I think Brian knew that I knew that Ken didn't know how to play the hang-up game. So Kowalski <laughs> calls me, and I'm and, like, hey, Ken, what's up? He's like, nothing, man. I just called to hang up on you. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, Brian said that since I'm having a bad day and I don't feel good that I should call you and hang up on you. And I'm like, really, dude? Here I was thinking I was going to have this meaningful conversation with my buddy Ken. And automatically Ken goes, oh, uh, well, well, we can certainly do that. Click. <laughs> yeah. I nailed him. <laughs> so, so your day got better because you hung up on him. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. What a rookie. So, That's yeah. awesome. So, coming back so- to Brian. Go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say, are we going to talk about guns at some point? We'll get well, there eventually. <laughs> Coming back to uh, Brian's PAR, uh, it's actually in 300 Blackout, and he went deer hunting with it. Yep. I don't yeah, know right. if he bagged a deer with it or not, but... I would have think we would have heard about it, had he. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't hear about it, so I'm... Where he was at his stand there with his PAR, but... I did see that picture, yeah, but I didn't, uh, I didn't see a picture of a deer with a PAR draped over its neck like it should. I'm going to say it again in case some listeners are new and they haven't heard me rant on this yet, but I think that the 300 Blackout is a successful round based solely on um, advertising, hype, and the right um, organization adopting it. Well, I, don't I think, think the biggest reason the, the 300 Blackout is around is because in the States they can run suppressors, and you want the biggest, heaviest projectile you can if it's going subsonic, don't you? Well, then no, suppress your 308. Well, yeah, but I guess you got a point then, there. But a 300 uh, Blackout you can run in a, a 5.56 five, lower without having to modify anything, just change the upper. Uh, yeah. I, yeah you're, okay, yeah, you're right. The only appeal... Right to the 300 blackout is the suppressor but component. But we are Canadians, and we don't yeah. have that ability, so what's yeah. the point? Right. So, like, if I'm going to hunt with a 30 cal AR round, I'll do it in the 762 by 40 I mean, I've preached that forever because the 300 blackout is uh, just a shorter version of that same round. You might as well get more powder behind it, right? Exactly. And you can do some pretty slow... Loadings with that as well, if you I'm, want. I'm, yeah, you I'm can sure get that subsonic. Surely, yeah, you could. it's suppressible. Yeah, and I mean, and it was designed by Wilson for specifically uh, hunting hogs with ARs. Which so, I don't know why I haven't done that yet. I don't know either. That'd be so much fun, especially from a yeah. helicopter. Well, I don't know about a helicopter, but I know that there's a guy in Texas who said we could go. But All we got to do is figure out how to get down there. Patreons. Well, to your checkbooks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. We need four airfares. Return trip to Texas to shoot hogs. Texas. Yeah. Yeah, everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, uh, yeah. What else did you do? Um, I have started shooting the video for the Volkorts in review. Um Ooh. Uh, I haven't had it back out to the range since last time I had it to the range, but I guess the listeners wouldn't know that because that was on the 
Patreoni podcast. So mm. I think I did mention on last week's show that a Volquartz infusion was donated to me for a, a trial or, or for a limited amount oh, of time. Just donated. No, just yeah, yeah, donated. That, just just donated. <laughs> Thanks yeah. again, Matt. <laughs> it's on a podcast, so it must be true. And uh, it, and which model is it again? Because I made a boo boo last week and you didn't correct me. And, uh, yeah, it was my bad. It yeah, I, I yeah I misunderstood by being not listening i guess yeah it's the fusion it's the uh the fusion which is the takedown version so you just unscrew the handguard and the barrel pops out so you can take it so down and put it in nothing a small like case. nothing like the volcorts in 22 that i no, was thinking and no I, nothing I, at all and i i described the one that uh was used in this same season that uh of top shot that dustin ellerman won yep. so for the listeners that were familiar it's not that gun it's not that one no it's the takedown version and it's it's cool. I like it. I think, I think for its size, though, I would. It's not really a takedown rifle for its size. Um, I would prefer actually it in the Boyd stock that you, you were discussing that you were describing because it it is a bigger gun and that Boyd stock would just make it a bit more comfortable and a bit more practical, I guess, for shooting off the bench. Because really, as accurate as it, as it is, it's good for shooting off the bench this thing is accurate i am very impressed with uh, some of the groups i'm getting out of it and i haven't even really been trying yet i've taken it to the range once just to just to kind of get out there and experience it a little bit before i started writing up my review on it i'll be taking it back of course and doing some actual accuracy testing and stuff but uh, i just want to get a feel for it and man the trigger on it is awesome the the groups i mean i just i don't even know how to describe it to you i didn't even have to try and i was getting well under an inch at 50 yards so which, bolt action accuracy in a semi or better oh yeah i would say better i, I couldn't get this accuracy out of my um savage mark ii the fvsr that i had mm. whether that was just a, a matter of me not finding the right ammo for it i don't know but i tried two different types of ammo in this thing both bulk one was the wax coating and one was the copper coating. And usually whenever you do that, you it takes quite a while for the groups to settle down again between switching ammo. And I just wanted to try it just to see. Didn't even care. The The mm-hmm. point of impact shifted very slightly and that was it. Group sizes were the same between this cheap bulk pack Winchester stuff and some cheap CCI blazer and group sizes were just, they didn't change, they just shifted a little bit. So this thing, this this gun shoots if I recall, the Blazer is a um, kind of like a cheaper version of the CCI standard velocity. It's made Blazer's made by CCI. It's faster than the standard velocity, though. Oh, it is. Okay, yep. but it's it's still not. Um, it's not match grade by any stretch. No, but, but it's, it's also not, not bulk uh, either. I high guess. velocity twenty-two, is it? Yeah, yeah. I think it, the Blazer it, is. Okay. Clocks in at like twelve thirty or twelve forty or something like that. I found like really good luck with that blazer stuff. It is it is made by CCI and yep. uh, uh, for for like the cheapest possible accurate ammo, I had really good luck with it. Yep, same here. Uh, my only concern with it is I find it fouls the bores quite quickly. I I just really like yeah. copper wash projectiles in my 22s because I don't just don't even have to worry about the bore ever. I can just shoot it. So that's the only concern that I have with that stuff. But but you're right. It seems to always feed well. It seems to very good. Like it's got a really nice round nose on it, so it, it slides into the chamber very nicely, and uh, it does produce very good results in most guns, accuracy wise. So, but yeah. Anyway, I'm really enjoying it. I uh, I'll take it back out and I'll finish up the video in the next couple of days or maybe weeks or depending on when the weather gets nice again. But 
yeah, Matt, I will give you back your rifle eventually, but I'm not done with it yet. But that's it. That's what I did. So I guess, um, Trevor. Uh, let's see. Uh, the biggest thing I did was I traveled to um, Fredericton to hang out with Filthy and the Yeah, thanks squire. for coming to see me, by the way. I mean, you'll drive all the way down to Fredericton to see him, but you won't even uh-huh. come over and see me. And I'm right. closer. Okay, so the boring part of the story, which I was going to omit, but now that you're trying to throw me under the bus, I yep. have to throw it in there. We were going to Costco. That was the purpose of the trip, oh. and I was able to work in some range time. Are you happy now? So you what you're trying to say is we need a Costco in Edmondson? Yeah, that and shut up. That and shut <laughs> so, so yeah, so I went to Filthy's and hung out with uh, Filthy and uh, the Squire and uh, Filthy's buddy Mike, who I bought the STI uh, Spartan 1911 from a couple of weeks back. And we uh, we did much shooting. We went to Filthy's Range on Saturday morning. Yeah, and I brought my both my STI 1911s, my the Spartan and the Trojan, and I brought both my Tanfoglios. I had only shot the stock three extreme uh, that one time when um, I I received it the weekend of our little canceled three gun match that you were at, Matthew. Right. So I wanted to get it back out and and shoot it some more. So I brought with me. Um, some of my 125 grain cast powder coated ammo, and you know how they're always talking about the unreliability. Unreliability, yeah. Yeah, no, that's reliable. Yeah, the unreliability of the. Uh, I really do have my own language or <laughs> vernacular. So anyway, um, my Trojan would eat this ammo, and my um, Tenfoglio Stock Three would not. It was kind of ironic. If I wanted to shoot that day, I had to shoot the reliable 1911 and put the fancy schmancy Italian 10 Foglio Extreme away because it wouldn't feed. Um, tight chamber is the is the issue. I came home and took the ammo and case gauged it, and it wasn't uh, wasn't case gauging. I thought initially that it was the shape of the um, the 125 grain round nose projectile. I thought that the Length of the bullet combined with the O-drive of the bullet was causing some feeding issues in the Tanfoglio. Not the case at all. Um, I just had some of the ammo poorly resized. And I don't really know what to attribute it to. I guess the the Dylan die um, could be the culprit. So I have a Evolution Gunworks undersized die that I'm going to reinstall on my Dylan and uh, use that to start increasing the reliability of my 9 mil ammo. It's nice that the 1911 will handle it, though, and, and it feeds in there, but the, um, I guess the 1911 is not a match gun as much as STI would like to think it is. It's still a 1911. Um, they are, I mean, you know, they are accurate. They're more accurate than plastic guns, but um, the Tanfoglio is, um, the tolerances are certainly a lot tighter, and uh, that, that also includes the chamber. So, it wasn't the gun or the uh, or the mags or anything. It wasn't even the shape of the bullet. It turns out that some of my ammo just some of my brass didn't get resized correctly, and it was all it was all loaded at the same time. So some of them were good and some of them weren't good. But this was just plinking ammo. It was a match ammo. If it was match ammo, it all would have went through the case gauge. So um, I would have I would have caught them before a match. Uh, what else? Oh, I also um, brought my new AR with me and zeroed that at uh, 36. So I had. Um, 36 yards, 36 filthy steps is actually what it was. (laughs) I'm still still recovering from the hernia surgery, so I wasn't doing a lot of moving around. And so filthy went downrange to set up my targets for me. Filthy picked up all my brass. 
How mental is that? Like all of my brass was in one spot, and I he shot gave it to you. Table. Yeah, picked it all up, and, and see, I would have picked it all up, but I just would have kept it. You would have, or me, you know, like, or pulling Owen. Hey, Trev, is this one of yours? Whew, over the berm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I had I had brought my brass catcher with me for my AR-15. It uh, velcros onto the front handguard, and it's a bag that goes over the ejection port. They're crap. At least this one's crap because it was causing constant stoppages. The brass would only make it halfway into the bag and then bounce back into the ejection port. And anyway, that lasted all of three rounds and it went flying across the uh, across the range. So at the end of the day, all my brass was on the floor. And yep, Filthy picked it all up and sorted the crap out of it. And uh, by crap, I mean like he did it all with a broom, tossed out the twenty two and the steel case, and put it all in my bag for me. So. <laughs> he's the nicest clone trooper in the galaxy. You know, he really is. That's why he had to retire from the Empire. He's just not heartless enough. So Makes sense. I'm going to pay for that. Death Star is going to appear outside my door later. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what else did I do? So, oh, yeah. So I set it in my AR, and I also brought my VZ-58 with me. Um, I had uh, received a front sight pusher tool that's used on the SKS or the AK or the VZ. I got that from Thomas Donnelly, I think, this summer at the charity shoot. And I hadn't gotten around to adjusting the front sight because last time I fired that gun with iron sights at 100, it was grouping pretty badly. I mean, it's just not an accurate gun. Maybe, I don't know, I'm using, uh, you know what, I think I actually put, if you believe the Norinco ammo is 5.56, then that's what I put through it. If you believe it's 2.23, then that's what I put through it. If you think it doesn't matter, well, anyway. Um, it wasn't. It didn't seem to be grouping to the left this time, so I didn't actually get to use the tool. I double-checked the height on the irons, adjusted the front sight post, and then I also uh, sighted in with my red dot, all at 100, because it's, it's non-restricted, it's 2.23, and it's kind of a trunk gun, so if I see a coyote or a crow or something, I might take a shot at it with that, so I'd rather have a 100 meter zero on that gun. Um, and I actually, I got to test out the Spatha Tactical VZ-58 brake that I got from S&J Hardware this summer at the Cherry Shoot. I mean, the fit and finish of this product is second to none. It's very, very well made. There's no tooling marks. It's precise. It looks good. It's got these cool ports that angle back towards you. And I could actually feel some of the air coming back off of the muzzle when I would fire the gun. And I believe Filthy got some high-speed ammo, or high-speed ammo, high-speed <laughs> footage of uh, me doing some mag dumps and the gun. I mean, it's a big, heavy gun anyway because it's a full-size rifle. It's got an 18.5-inch barrel. It'd be so much better at 14.5, but then, of course, it would be restricted. Anyway, um, flat, 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 flat. I mean, it's not that the two two three kicks, but when it's got a comp, like my competition air, it's just really, really flat. I wouldn't mind actually using it in a three-gun because it uh, uses AR mags, and I it uses um, the magwell adapter has the um, mag release button in this exact same location it would be as an AR. I mean, the only thing it doesn't have is a, like a bolt release, so you just have to do the overhand like an AK or put the mag in and go from underneath to kind of release the bolt if you're unfortunate enough to go to slide slide lock bolt lock help me no slide right, slide hanging. bolt lock slide bolt, bolt lock yeah, sliding so bolt lock sliding bolt lock if you go to sliding bolt lock then you just deal with it accordingly um but other than that i wouldn't mind running it it's got good ergonomics i think um and with the red dot and the comp it's a, a heck of a lot of fun to shoot I, I keep threatening to use it in one of our training classes but 
I just keep falling back on the air. But I should do a training class with it to find out, you know, if there are any uh, kinks in the armor, so to speak, with this platform. The best way to learn your gun is to shoot it under someone else's conditions. And Matthew and I will tell you, uh, and Adriel and Kelly, they've all taken classes. They've they've been on the line. They've seen people's equipment fail. Uh, mm-hmm. Who who say my gun always runs? Mm-hmm. Your gun always runs under your conditions when you just do the things that you know you're good at and you do the things where you know your gun doesn't fail and then somebody else puts you through the paces and surprise i mean we've had law enforcement in our training classes and our black badge classes and we we have them say wow uh this actually showed me the limitations of my gear kind of thing i never used it under these conditions so and then uh, i received a uh, gym bag full of ammo and nice. uh, yeah, so sorry, Kelly and Angel, I don't have anything for you guys because you shoot real good calibers. Uh, oh. But Matthew foolishly <laughs> shoots a four ten. Yeah, so the four ten. See a little, little give, little take. You get ammo, but an insult. They get nothing but praise. See how that works? I'll take it. All right. Yeah, I would take the insult and the ammo. <laughs> so yeah, so I got fifty rounds of four ten for you. Number four, I think. Um, cool. Couple of. Notable items in the um, in the bag were three or four 16 gauge shells, all cardboard. Like really? the yeah the the Dominion Canuck stuff that came out in 1915 and stopped being produced in the early 1960s. So it's 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 anywhere. I don't know exactly when it was made, but it's from that era. All cardboard with and there's no like there's a like a cardboard cap on top of the shot. Mm-hmm. And then the cardboard hull is fold, rolled, crimped over top of that. Is it ever neat? So I've added those to the collection. Um, lots of surplus 303 British from different manufacturers. There's even one of the uh, machine gun rounds. I forget what it's called. Maybe it's not Mark 7, but something 7. If it has a 7 on it, you need to be aware that it's older stuff, or machine gun 303, not your rifle 303. A lot of Dominion Arms stuff from the uh, 50s. Some of the boxes in really, really good shape considering the ammo and the boxes produced in the 50s. Um, so that's like commercial available ammo. It says right on it, you know, smokeless powder, non-corrosive primer. And then I've got one box that's probably from the 40s or 50s. And it specifically says this is corrosive primer, blah, blah, blah. I pulled one of the older um, and 303 rounds thinking it was going to have the long sticks of gunpowder inside, but it wasn't old enough to have that. It was just your regular stick uh, stick powder. I also thought it was going to have a Burdan primer, uh, but it didn't. The box, this one box that I have, and I might keep it, like the entire box is, the box is in excellent shape. The ammo, it's a full box of original ammo. It's probably worth something to a collector, not like a lot of money, but it's still... Uh, in really good condition and it's all there and it has it says Burdan primer and corrosive and stuff like that on it also got a bunch of 30-06 from 1942 and it is uh, filthy confirmed that this stuff would definitely be corrosive so uh, bored today and I wanted 50 rounds of it I'm like hey this is going to be grand safe ammo but I'm not putting corrosive ammo through my grand so I went about pulling the bullet dumping the powder into my little pan for my scale popping out the primer, and then processing the brass. I removed the, the the crimp around the primer pocket, and then I set up my case trimmer so that they would all get trimmed identical, like I just picked one, and anything longer than that gets trimmed back to that length, so they all get trimmed the same. And um, unify, uniform the primer pocket, 
deeper the flash hole, put in a fresh, non-corrosive Winchester primer, dump the powder back in, put the bullet back on, and uh, and and did some of those up today. So now it still looks like old, original 1942 ammo, which looks kind of cool, um, but is is safe for the gun. So that's cool. That sounds like a yeah. lot of work, but cool. Well, it's about five minutes around, to be perfectly honest. So it is very time consuming, but they're I mean they're perfectly good components. Why? Yeah, why waste know? them? Oh, I can't, yeah. Yeah. I can't shoot this because it's corrosive. And then Pierre Luke said, you know, do the um, do the nail test. And I had forgotten what the nail test was. You take a nail, a steel nail, you drive it into a piece of wood, you pull apart the bullet, dump out the powder, um, put the round on the nail, hit the primer so it, excuse me, so it goes off, and then leave it sit there for a couple of days and then check the nail. And uh, and you'll definitely have confirmation that they were corrosive primers. Unless the when nail is just going to rust on its own anyway. Uh-huh. Well, the nail would already be rusted then. So you'd need you'd need a, a you'd need a second nail for a control. Okay. All right. <laughs> if I take a non-rusted if I if I take a nail that's been sitting in my basement for years, and all of a sudden mm, I expose it, it to this spontaneous prime, rusting, a spontaneous rusting. Yeah, okay. it could happen. Like, it could happen yeah, to you. Right. It's New yeah, Brunswick. Could, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. All right. Next. <laughs> Thanks for blowing right into the mic, though. That was great. You're quite welcome. Did it hurt your ears? Not even a little bit. I would be happy to do it again, only I don't want to annoy the listeners. You I have no problem annoying, though. All right. Adriel, what have you been up yep. to? Um, so the whole of next week, I'm going hunting. So when you guys hear me at the... I'll, I'll have even crappier internet <laughs> the next time you guys talk to me. <laughs> That's not doing too bad tonight. Yeah. You know, it, it's... You have a I'm I'm uh I'm able to upload fine. It's just the download for whatever reason. I just did a speed test. I'm getting screaming speeds. Whatever, not gun related. I'm going hunting next week. I've got uh, I went and picked up some new uh, uh, burners and controls because I'd like to kind of pimp out my uh, uh, jerky making machine and uh, and get it working a little bit better. Uh, I got a bunch of chips. Uh, my tikas are already out at where I'm going hunting, so I'm good to go on that side. And hopefully we'll get some deer and do up some jerky and all that jazz. I'm cool. On Saturday, it's the last day. I didn't buy a license. I'm not even going to bother. And if we see two deer, I'll be really upset with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, muffins taking me out Saturday. Cool. Yeah. 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 We're, I'm going to get some. It's going to be good. Not like last year. Right. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? I didn't go to the range. I went and had a girls' weekend with uh, Stacy from uh, the Arm Squirrels. So we had a great time last weekend. But one of the things that... Uh, she, hold on. She, she and a friend drove all the way to Canada to build a fort with you? Yes. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys, I know it's not gun related, but you should have seen the pictures of this fort if you haven't. They were Facebook. <laughs> okay, and these you things know like, what? It took up, like, the whole room. It was awesome. They took the lamppost, put it in the <laughs> middle of the room, and, like, made this, like, was- tent... Yeah, it was like, you know, the circus tents with the yeah. pole. In the, it's exactly like that. We had Ridiculous. the greatest time. And we were sitting there getting our... So, I wasn't going to talk. Well, we were sitting there and having pedicures done in the room because that's what we paid for. Anyways, so the girls that were doing our pedicures uh, were thought we were absolutely crazy. Well, you and, are. Which you yeah. are, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, there's four ladies there and we all do apple seed and, and we all own guns and that. So... We were talking. We were talking about all this, and the the two girls looked at us like we were crazy, and they were asking, "Do you guys actually like? Are you police officers, or what do you do? You're you're talking about these guns," and we're going, 
no, we just like to shoot. <laughs> and they thought we were crazy, but it was fun. They started asking us some questions and that too, so it was pretty cool. But it got, you know, we got a chance to hang out and, and talk about uh, doing some stuff about going to, you know, a Waco, Texas. We're going to go down there. And also about uh, Michigan. Familiar. What? Waco? Waco, yeah. Waco. Something. I, something in history. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, there's a uh, boot camp that's going to be happening down there for I'm Apple. sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> it was run yep. by somebody named Koresh. I want you to come right home. <laughs> no, it's uh, Tim Krosner's going, though. So, well, you know what? That's bad enough. Yeah, exactly. So, no, we're going to go down there and do that. But in February, there's a boot camp, too, down in Michigan. And Stacy wants us to go down to that. I don't know. You know, Texas in January or... You know, Michigan in February. Yeah, Texas. Sorry, Stacy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cold. Maybe we'll go. I don't know. Anyways, but we had a great time, but we didn't go to the range. It was one thing that we... No shooting, so it was too bad. Uh, got to freak out your uh, esthetician ladies, so that's yeah, good. They were. They thought we were hilarious, though. So. Anyways, uh, Gunny Girl Calendar was working on that all week, and uh, it's going to be out for Christmas. So stay tuned. Um, but yeah, we're for the listeners that don't know who's putting this out. It's uh, the CCFR, so the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights are putting out a Gunny Girl Calendar. It's very classy, by the way. Uh, yeah, of course, because you know Kelly the classy one yeah yeah and i, I yeah. wasn't even like trying to sound sarcastic i was trying to, when i said of course i meant it very in a very sincere way we're we're known for being the classy ladies so uh <clears throat> yeah and i mean that i'm not being sarcastic um <laughs> but yeah it's going to be up for christmas so we're just finalizing that we were reviewing all the submissions we did get a ton of them so thank you everybody who did submit for them i didn't see anything from adriel in a banana hammock uh, nor did I see anything <laughs> from Matthew or Trevor. Thanks, guys. That was that's because we're not girls. Well, you guys and, said you were going to submit. I know I never said no such thing. I don't even own a banana hammock anymore. <laughs> I've got the right mustache for it now. You yeah. do. That's awesome. You have awesome. the right mustache for a '70s porn. <laughs> Very '70s. Uh, what else did you do? Oh yeah, so Maple Seed, we're going to be doing a closed event on the 26th, so we're planning for that. And Rick uh, Katabek, you guys remember Rick from the charity shoot? Of course. Yes. Okay, he's going to be coming to Kingston to help uh, run that, and we're going to teach some Canadians about the Markmanship program, and once we get that under our belt, see how it goes, we might uh, have a few more events, so... The other thing I wanted to talk about, remember I was telling you guys about the uh, United Way auction at my work? No. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Just like Anyways. we didn't notice last time you got your hair cut. Come on, man. I know. Anyways, the range day. Those are, People are yeah, actually stopping me. A, Go ahead. Yeah, you offered up the range day as a prize, right? Right. One for just ladies and then one for anybody, right? Awesome. So people are actually stopping me in the hall saying that they're, they can't wait. They're going to, st- it's online. So they're going to sit in front of the computers and uh, until 12 o'clock noon and put in the winning bid. They want to know how much it's going to, you know, what the approximate prize cost is for this day at the range and that as well. But also people are stopping me to ask for where they can get memberships at ranges and who's, well, Ontario, it's like, you can't get into any ranges here. Membership or wait waiting lists are like huge, or they're closing out waiting lists. So they're people are 
asking about those, if I can give them any hints on that. They're asking about where they can get cheap ammo and accessories and different things like that. So it's really, you know, people are starting to talk about guns at work, which is kind of weird because of where I work. But anyways. Aren't there guns at your work? There's lots of them. (laughs) So why is it weird to be talking about because we don't, you know, inside the oh. walls of a prison, we don't really talk about guns. Because Ontario. Because Ontario. I exactly. be- trust me, they talk about guns at Moe's work. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yep. Anyways. So, yeah, so it's got people coming up to me and saying, hey, can you tell me, you know, where can I get a good deal on this and, and that? So it's kind of cool. Anyways. Yeah. But I didn't do any shooting this week, so that's too bad. Yeah, it is too, too bad. Too, too busy yeah. getting your nails done. Yeah, they look cool, though. They're red. <laughs> as long as they anyway. look cool. All right, that's it for me. All right, cool. Uh, upcoming events, we have the Active Killer Defense course on Sunday, December 4th in London, Ontario. People can sign up through fireartsolutions.ca or activekillerdefense.com, and that's defense with an S for our American listeners. Wait, <clears throat> for our Canadian listeners, because our American listeners will already know how to spell defense. But uh, here in Canada, we do it wrong. All right. Well, in this case, see, usually I'm I'm one to argue for Canadian spelling, but in this case, uh, I like the S better. Mm. But anyway, whatever. I'm not neither American or somebody who's going to ever be American, probably. So, meh. Who do? What do I care? <laughs> you don't care. I don't. <laughs> Other than that, nothing else is coming up new. So, if you have a, an event that you'd like us to talk about. Send it in, and we will plug it every week. In the news, who's got these news articles? Um, I put in the first one. Uh, Action Shooting Radio podcast that uh, I used to be on. It used to be myself and Mo and um, Pat Harrison. And then Mo left, and it was Chris Rakowski, and then I left. And now it's just Pat and Chris Rakowski. They're doing Action Shooting Radio again. So there's at least three new episodes that have come out over the last uh, month, month and a half or so. Mm -hmm. So if you were a listener of Action Shooting Radio, they are back. And uh, if you unsubscribe, thinking they were dead, resubscribe. And uh, yeah, check them out. It's good to have a Canadian podcast that is uh, come back to life. Unlike that one in Quebec. Hmm. Mm. Which, yeah. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Or that Bolivar guy who killed his. Right. Mm. Hey, they had another show. Not you know, recently. No, 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 no. I said his show, not Kowalski's show that he lets Bolivar come on to. <laughs> Modern Rifleman Radio. I mean, Modern Rifleman Radio would have been great with him and Kevin and Tim. You know, but, uh, and Dave, and Dave Cracky. Dave Cracky was an excellent podcaster. Yes, he was. But no, no. He said, that's too much work, so I'm just going to go be on Ken's show now. <laughs> and then let that one fall apart. <laughs> that's cool. It's cool. They know I'm joking mostly. Probably. I hope so. <laughs> Probably. Or not. You Whatever. will be hung up on tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And he got me. After I got Ken, he called and he got me, the son of a gun. He sucked me in the same way I sucked Ken in. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. I was proud of him. All right. Well, I think Edge will put in this other one. Yeah, I was just going to mention that uh, Canada Ammo's got that Nork non-corrosive 762 by 39 so... If you've got like this for a while now, we've got uh, we've had lots of cheap corrosive. We've we've always had cheap corrosive seven sixty two by thirty nine in Canada. Well, not always, but more most of it. Um, 
and uh, and now they've got this non-corrosive that's back in. So if you don't really want to clean your gun, or if you got a VZ and you, you don't want to uh, clean it, maybe you've got a, a scoper on it or something like that. You don't want to have to take it apart all the time. Uh, the Nork non-corrosive is uh, is there. It's more expensive than in what it used to be, definitely, but it's oh, still yeah. it's still the cheapest non-corrosive you can get anywhere. Well, Canada Ammo was selling Dominion brand non-corrosive 7.62 by 39 and you could get it in either full metal jacket or jacketed hollow point mm-hmm. with a lead core mm-hmm. so it was like it was in my opinion suitable for hunting it was lead wasn't steel core and it was a jacketed hollow point and when that's that stuff was selling for just basically pennies more than what the corrosive stuff was selling for the only problem i had with it was uh, it didn't run well in the LAR mags, those 10 rounds, 7.62 by 39 mags. We got a bunch of them for our NEA 39 uppers. So myself, McIntyre, Filthy, Snuffleupagus have got mine now. We all bought these um, NEA 7.62 by 39 AR-15 uppers, and they, they're accurate, really, really accurate. Um but the uh, Dominion brand ammo didn't want to run in them. And I come to find out later, it the it wasn't a lacquered case like surplus, and it was dragging inside the mag, which was causing the follower to not come up correctly, and the rounds would nosedive. Put in the Norinko stuff or the corrosive lacquered stuff, and the problem went away. Mm-hmm. So it didn't work well in that, but I've still got a case on hand for the day that um, I get a VZ in 7.62, and unfortunately I'll be restricted to those five-round mags, but I know it'll run in those. Um, the mag mm-hmm. construction is different, and of course it'll run all day in an SKS, God help me. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it's it's like 400 bucks a case, and compare that to corrosive. Corrosive last year was 250 Yeah, yeah it's definitely more expensive. But I mean, but uh, corrosive, you've got to clean out, you know, Barrel, yep. bolts, uh, p- piston, and uh, with non-corrosive, you just you know your cleaning exactly. schedule doesn't have to be that regimented. You can go out shooting, and you don't have to like get home and immediately start cleaning it. Whereas if you shoot corrosive and you get home and you leave it in a case for a week or something like that, you're going to be looking at some rust when you get back yeah. to that gun. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind paying um, the same as you do for five five six if you don't have to clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well. Why don't uh, why don't we move into our main topic? So now we have with with us Ryan and Dell from the Newcomb Gunworks uh, three gun shooting team. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for Thanks. having us. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Yeah. So uh, tell me maybe a little bit about uh, Newcomb Gunworks because I haven't heard about it until I you know met you guys. Well, we're uh, just a one man show in my garage with a Dremel in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, basically if you can look it up on uh, Brownells and uh, watch the video and. YouTube, I can do it. <laughs> cool. We're just uh, just trigger work stuff like that, just minor repairs. And uh, do you guys have like a, a platform that you're specializing in right now, or something that you're really familiar with? Uh, the ARs and uh, most uh, striker fired fired pistols. Okay, cool. Have worked. you done a trigger job on an FNS yet? No, I have not. Oh, there's not many many people that know how to do that, and the, like out of the box, the trigger is terrible. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've had a had a chance to fire them, but I heard they're good guns too. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, and they've got a, an interesting thing with the 40 mags with them because the, the 40 cal mags, they, uh, they've got these dimples along the side where they'll stop 40, so you put 10, 10 rounds of 40 cal in there and it'll stop them, but uh, you put 9 mil and they kind of go right through the middle really? there. So. Oh, kind of like, uh, like a Glock uh, 35 or a Glock... Uh Beretta 96 yes. too. Yes. Yeah. 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 Something similar to that, but. Furtive guys trying more. that. <laughs> Some success. Oh, I'll show the you guys. Liability, my... I'm guessing, isn't all uh, right up there, but. Yeah. Well, I'll show you my, my FNS afterwards and you can. That try sounds it. good. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about uh, the state of three gun in Canada. So, like, where do you guys shoot? What, what kind of clubs are out there? And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. You guys obviously come out to Chaz, right? Yeah, we shoot at Chaz, I guess, and uh, Saskatoon just built a brand new range, and it's uh, a beautiful range. We put a lot of money into it, and they've, uh, you know, I think I see a lot of support there, but we shot in BC, and uh, like you said, in Edmonton. Lone, Lone Butte, Lone the Butte. Redneck, uh, basically the biggest shoot in Canada right now. We had just about 100 competitors last uh And where, this where's summer. that? Lone, uh, Lone Butte, BC, it's near 100 Mile House. Okay. Um, and it's a fantastic. Uh, Brian McCoy and... Uh, put on a fantastic show uh two-day shoot so if you have a a bad couple stages i think we shot 10 yeah. 10 stages so you get some time to make it up i didn't really uh manage to do that this year but uh, we'll try it again next year <laughs> yeah i gotta do a lot of work bad before that time uh, comes again uh, for next year but uh, no i it was really enjoyable and a lot of you know learned a lot from what uh you know from everyone that was shot there you know the guys you shot with you picked up a lot of stuff that you didn't you know uh it's neat to see how much talent there is actually yeah. out there throughout the country and in some smaller places that are mm-hmm. you never hear of. And there's a couple guys uh, that are getting their videos out there on YouTube and stuff and shining some light on the sport. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good to see. Hopefully it's an even bigger turnout next year. And then, like Dell was saying, in uh, Saskatoon, they have a what should be the largest three-gun match in Western Canada, if not Canada, will be the Prairie Fire match on June 10th and 11th, I believe. And they're... They're expecting maybe possibly 150, 200 shooters. They have prizes from one of our sponsors, Wolverine Supplies. Um, sounds like Vortex might get on board. Um, Dylan uh, Precision with oh, their, I think, an XL 650 press. They're going to be great prizes. Sounds like a couple couple rifles, some Daniel defenses and stuff like that. So. Sounds like a big shoot. Yeah, it, it, yeah, should, be, a... it should be a really good, uh, really good time, um, and it'll shine uh, light on how great their facility is. Um, so we're looking forward to that one. That one's on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the limitations here at this range, well, other than today where we don't have a deviation in, in place, is just the amount of stages you can have. Right? You can't yeah. have that many stages, so it kind of limits how many shooters we can have out here. If we have twenty or thirty shooters, it's fine. If we have yeah. 40 shooters, it, it drags the day on For way sure too does, long. For sure yeah. Chokes it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just we just need more bays and uh, more more shooting to mm-hmm. happen, more stages, right? Just trying to jam them into those, to that, to that one 100 yard is yeah. limiting. Yeah. yeah. Well, the guys the guys here, they're trying their best, and I, I think some guys' hands are pretty much tied, but I tip my hat to uh, uh, Trevor and all the guys, all the other volunteers and ROs. Um, that try to make this thing a go. Um, it, it takes a lot of work. I think mm-hmm. a lot of guys forget the fact that it is a lot of this stuff is volunteer work. You know, uh, it takes a lot of stuff, a lot of lot of energy to uh, try to make something like this go. You know, uh, but I do see a lot of, uh, you know, you see a lot of new faces and a lot of people that are interested. So you, you know, I do. I think it's, I think it's going forward, but it's, it's an uphill battle. I think for a, a lot of the, 
uh, issues to you know deal with ranges and stuff like that. So yeah. Sure. So what, what kind of what kind of uh, gear are you guys running? Um. Well, we're both firing. Uh, or we're using striker fired pistols. I shoot an M and P. I got the XDM. Yeah, the, the Smith or the uh, Springfield XDM. So uh, it's a pretty pretty uh, readable uh, firearms to get your hands on. Uh, for, uh, relatively in it inexpensive yeah. mm-hmm. compared to you know the 1911 and 2011 platforms and possibly the, you know, the CZ Shadow 2s and whatnot like that and then for our shotguns we both shoot Benelli's um, I, I, I fought it for a long time uh, <laughs> chugging through it with a Mossberg and it was a good gun and it treated me really well I just uh Figured if you can't beat him, join him and jump on Team Benelli. <laughs> Once he's seen how well I shot my gun, which is unbelievable. Yeah, no. <laughs> he had to jump jump ship, eh? Um, and then our, our our rifles this year, we got demo rifles um, from Wolverine Supplies. I shoot the Armalite uh, M15 three-gun edition, mm-hmm. and uh, Dell shoots the Daniel Defense uh, V11 Pro. Um, both are fantastic handling and uh, super soft shooting although uh, very noisy yeah yeah <laughs> you know, with that arm light break it's your uh, you don't make a lot of friends yet. beside you at the yeah. range but uh they definitely know you're there um and then double alpha belts and uh well with that and i guess you got the blade tech stuff the uh, all the uh, mag pouches mag pouches and uh, holsters yeah it's... and then um you use a carbon arms uh, pinwheel for your shotgun shells, and I use the Invictus uh, 2.8 uh, shell caddies, and I've been really liking them. Was was shooting fully open with uh, Aerodondo speed loader setup, uh, which I've changed to quad loading. Um, so you are you out of open now? No, I'm still I'm, I'm still open. Um, we f- found it uh, maybe a, from a strategical standpoint to not all shoot in the same. Uh, same division mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. teammates. We have a third teammate, uh, uh, Drew Kruger, who couldn't be here. Um, he's uh, he's transitioning to the limited division. So we'll next year we'll have a competitor in limited, uh, tac ops, and open. It's just uh, a way to gain exposure for our sponsors mm-hmm. and have three people fighting for three possible. Uh, first place finishes yeah. mm-hmm. rather than all of us competing against each other and you're essentially competing against each other yeah just using a little bit different gear how to do it right yeah yeah definitely yeah you said you were running the the speed loaders with your mossberg before yes yeah Re- really really liked them um it's just uh when you had to a little bit cumbersome when you had to run and duck under barrels and some of the more tactical stages that we seem to find here in alberta are a bit more tactical, and uh, so when you got that uh, thing strapped to your leg, you've got a bit of a peg leg mm-hmm. happening. So yeah, you have to be graceful, and you got and you got to be able to uh, count your rounds too, because it's not you can't just shove two in and pull that speed loader back out and put it away. You know, you got to have that full yeah. uh, or you know completely yeah. empty gun to, yeah. to use it properly. I yeah. think you know to get the you know the value out of it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, being limited to uh, six rounds in your tube, you know, you got to be able to count. Yeah, that's why this quad loading. I mean, it's you know it's four at a time, and I guess you can kind of pick and choose when you load. You know, you're not uh, six at a time or whatever. You, you got to kind of use that six. It's got to be empty. So that's kind of where I find this is. You can you can load twins or you can load you know load quads. So it's uh, maybe a little a little easier for uh, on the brain to try to 
uh, the counter type thing or whatever. So you yeah, really, it's really nice to top up. Yeah, as well, right? for sure it is. You yeah. can grab that dual if you yeah. really if you know you're heading into it. And if you yeah yeah, yeah exactly. You you wouldn't think it's that hard to count the six. <laughs> <laughs> well, when that, you know what I find when well, that me, goes my, to... me and my three year old are going to work on that this winter, and I I got, he's maybe going to be able to teach me. It's like dad, after five comes six. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. When that buzzer goes off, I find everything that you've, you've thought about and tried to practice in the walkthrough is, just goes out the window. So it's yeah. uh, that adrenaline kind of takes over your brain uh, function. It's uh, it's kind of tough to count. So. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys uh, do any uh, competitions in the States? Not yet. We're uh, we're planning on hopefully shooting a couple. Um, it's, it's becoming so popular in the States. They open the registration on practice score at, say, mm-hmm. 9 a.m. Central Time. And literally, these shoots will fill up in four minutes. Yeah, a lot minutes, of them. It's, and it's a lot of it, they've turned to a lottery system where you have a half hour to get your name in, and then they'll pick it. Mm-hmm. So we got a couple on our radar: one in Minot, North Dakota; possibly one in Montana, and maybe the Ironman in uh, Parma, Idaho, put on by MGM Targets. Yeah, that one's supposed to be good. There's also mm-hmm. a, a night shoot that they do. Surefire night shoot. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine. Good. Probably one of the top shooters in Canada, Jeff Barron, just competed in uh, the Surefire uh, USPSA uh, Nationals out there somewhere near Vegas. I think it was in Boulder. Um, and he had a heck of a good finish. He got, I think, 17th yeah, tack off, so sort of possibly 150, 200 competitors. So he's he's a tough guy to beat. And uh, it's a guy everyone should be checking out on YouTube and uh watching for him he's he's one of the better shooters in canada yeah without a doubt who, who are the other uh, better three-gun shooters because i mean like there's not really a lot of uh you know sp- big spotlight on the sport i mean i'm really 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 yeah. good so uh <laughs> <laughs> del zimmer there he's yeah. uh, he's, he's, a, he's a wild card <laughs> if i can get my ducks in a row in every shoot i win every one of them i tell you what but <laughs> no there, you know there's a lot of good talent out there to, to put a spotlight on anyone is uh I was tough. I'd say if, there's... if you had if you had to name a few, um, there's a, cu- a couple guys in uh, northern Alberta that are uh, really making some really good strides for the sport of three gun as well. Uh, Jason Carver is one fella's name, and he goes by the handle of uh, Tuna. Um, so check him out on Facebook. If you Facebook search Tuna, you'll you'll find uh, Mr. Tuna and Chachi. Some good videos there. I'm not sure what his real name is, but yeah, uh, he's a heck of a shooter. <laughs> he's actually got. He's actually part of a team up there as well. Um, Are they in Peace River? Uh, yeah, in that mighty Peace Three Gun. So okay. he's control, the, control they're tactical. Tar- I think yeah, control tactical. Yeah, and uh, they're they're tearing it up up north there. So we haven't we haven't crossed paths with them, but uh, we're hoping. Sounds like they might come down to Saskatoon and they might might hit hitch a bus or uh, mm-hmm. a couple RVs up and, and make it out to BC. So it's it's nice to shoot against some super competitive guys. And it lets you know exactly where you stack up and what you got to work on, mm-hmm. which is, we always say, jokingly, you know, if we could just shoot the pistol and the rifle and the shotgun better, we'd, we'd be pretty good. <laughs> we'd be pretty good, yeah. <laughs> if a guy could be good in every gun, he'd be, he'd be a really good shooter. Well, <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty as well. And so. it turned down the suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I like when you guys come out here because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty competitive with most of the guys here at the club, but when you guys come out, it's 
it's clearly like there's a, there's another level of shooter out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank but you. But you. you get to see, you know, you get to see how, how it should be run and, and uh, how fast we should be running these stages, right? It's a little bit hard to do that if everyone around you is about the same speed as you. Yeah. Right? It's, well, it's, 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 it's all learning. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's like I said, the sport's growing. So, I mean, the more exposure, the more shoots you get to go to and the guy, the, the, the same guy, if the same guys come to the shoots, you continually get better. Like, we, you know, I remember our first shoot, it was... It was slow. Like we were probably the slowest guys of anyone, you know. So, and it's just the more you do it, the more you know, more proficient you get at, uh, at your guns and everything. It just you know, it kind of all comes stride in, in stride. So, um, how long ago did you guys start? Uh, three. This is three our. Years? This is the end. This will be probably end conclude the, our third year. Yeah. Okay. This, this shoot today. Um. So yeah, we're really looking forward to 2017. We got a we got a few new sponsors. Uh, on the ro- on on the line that we we've confirmed and a few more we're we're in negotiations with so we're hoping to shine some light on on that side of the sport much like it is in the states where maybe a guy can shoot and be somewhat compensated i don't know if we'll ever get to the point where we get paid like jerry mitchellack and that's a million years away yeah. until we're that good and then three trillion rounds later <laughs> yeah we got this yeah uh no but we're uh we want to see it grow so it's like the mm-hmm. states and, it, and and it's fun you know it's it's fun to be out here with the guys that's what it is it know? is that's a big part of and it the socializing in the you're racing against everybody but I come out here and I try to beat myself every time. Like I made seven mistakes on my last shoot. I only want to make six this time, you know, or five. And you know, I just mm-hmm. if you can start eliminating some of your mistakes, you'd be surprised how fast your much, much faster your times get and how much better your scores get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always try to work on whatever I'm sucking at the most. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, exactly. You know, we did some pretty good practice before that BC shoot. You know, and then we thought, well, geez, you know, I should. If I do everything right here, I should be in pretty good shape. But it's you put the stresses of watching someone else shoot it very well, uh, and that just weighs on a guy. And then all of a sudden, you get out there and you're making mistakes. You drop mags, you drop uh, shells. It's 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 a whole different game when you put that kind of stress on a guy too. So it's and it's and that's where it's nice with some of these bigger shoots. And hopefully, uh, you can make it to these with uh, come out with Trevor or yeah. whoever else can come. Yeah. And uh, it just it ups your game when you you know if you shoot around uh, slower shooters all the time. Uh, you, you, you're not you, learning. You're, you're, not, you're not learning. Yourself, but if you're yeah. pushing yourself, watching everybody else burn it down, you'll make mistakes. But you have to make those mistakes mm-hmm. in order to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 and if there's there's probably a better way to learn, but that's how I learn. Yeah, <laughs> there's no better way to learn than at a max, though. Too, you know, you you, you can't replicate that stress of shooting. You know, at the range by yourself. Uh, if there's 20 guys or 40 or 100 guys watching you type thing, you know, it puts a lot more stress on a guy and it, it really, te- you know, tests your uh, your abilities, I guess. So it, uh, it's definitely a different different stress. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to see more, uh, more like, standardization of, of the clubs around here, too. Because I think, like, I, I know that there was a club in southern Alberta that was running Three Gun Nation, but I'm not sure if they're doing it anymore. Yeah, we, we got a little bit off, off course there. Yeah, we, uh, we shot a Three Gun Nation match in uh, June in mm-hmm. Lethbridge at uh, the Chinook, uh, Chinook County Shooters. Something like that, yeah. Chinook, at the Chinook Gun Range. Yeah. Fabulous facility and nice... Um, and it was a lot of Three Gun Nation uh, qualifier courses, mm-hmm. which are a lot of fun. A lot of uh, static shooting, but uh, it's to yeah, to build confidence in it. And then they work up to a regional and some outlaw, what they call outlaw style mat mm-hmm. or stages. And it was a it was a great time in Lathbridge. 
Um, a lot of good shooters there too. Yeah, there are some very good shooters down there that you don't never even heard of, and all of a sudden, whoa! Yeah, they pop up from the states. Yeah, and kick everyone's uh, butt. Not not so much the state, just Canadian shooters. But oh, just yeah. guys, you, you don't you don't see them on uh, you don't see any in the social media. You just kind of all of a sudden you get there, and it's like holy, you know, you're you're not uh, you're behind the power curve a little bit in some of them stages, but um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are, are there any other clubs that you know of that are doing? Yeah, yes. Them? Oh, sorry. Jeez. Yeah. I guess earlier in the year I shot in uh, uh, Prince Albert. Yeah. Um, at the Prince Albert uh, Rifle and uh, Gun Range, and uh, Ben Hunter puts that on. Another great shooter. He's another one of yeah. the top shooters in Saskatchewan. Um, uh, ben puts on a fantastic match, and it's a lot of work. Like everyone that puts on these matches knows. Um, so. Got to give a shout out to uh, Ben. Uh, he did a he does a great job of keeping it going, and uh, look forward to shooting with him every spring. They they run about a match a month, but you know with full time jobs in the oil patch plus farming, we, we make it to as many as we can as possible while still maintaining a job and marriage and <laughs> <laughs> trying right getting the crop off. Yeah, yeah getting the crop off. Uh, yeah. Skin the crop. Off. <laughs> well, this year's especially. Yeah, yeah. Quite, a, quite a year. Yeah. Uh, what's your local range? What, what, what range do you guys usually shoot at? You actually, uh, usually a Saskatoon. I yeah, guess, Saskatoon. Is kind of what we try to get to. I belong to two ranges: uh, the Provost uh, Gun Club in Provost, Alberta, and Carroberts, um, which is an indoor range in the uh, kind of the dungeon I call it, in the basement of an old CN rail uh, train house. <laughs> Station house, yeah. And it's uh, about eight feet wide and eight feet tall and uh, twenty yards long, single bay with a little exhaust fan off a <laughs> off of an old <laughs> stove, I think, <laughs> and one flickering light. <laughs> um, so a lot of time by shoot, yourself. You shoot the rats out of there, but I uh, I blasted thousands of rounds in there this winter. So looking forward to hitting that this awesome. winter. Um, you know, tough to shoot the pistol. You can't feel your fingers. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. got a little little heater in there, so it works. Yeah, um, well, that's really cool. That's good. A good way to keep up on your on your pistol work is you know everything yeah. else is frozen. You over. know what though? I find uh, a lot of people don't. Maybe maybe lots of people do do it, but uh, I, I, I dry fire practice in your basement with you know a, a safe gun. I find you get way more uh, practice out of that gun. You, you you can't always make it to the range. You don't have time, or maybe you don't want to make time to get there. But it takes nothing to throw the belt on and your empty guns and and uh, yeah. you know practice in the basement or light light plugs or my, whatever. Yeah, yeah uh, my light switches and plugins have been clicked at a lot. That's for sure. <laughs> You know, yeah. and, and a guy doesn't realize that there's so much of three gun that isn't shooting. Yeah, has nothing to do with shooting. How how you place and your time and it's your movement, your mag mag changes, and the mental aspect and of the, it is trying to remember what you you know where you need to go in movement and moving fluidly and smoothly. And uh, it's something that by no means have either of us mastered. No, um, that's for sure not. Um, but it's the best, and it doesn't cost you a dollar. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost you a cent in ammo, um, and a, a, people should do more of it. You know, and it, just so you know your gun, you know, so when you draw your pistol, you're not looking for your red daughter. You're not looking for your front sight. It's just, it's just there. Yeah. It's second nature. And the same thing with dumb, dummy rounds on your shotgun. You know, mm-hmm. like the if, whether you load a strong hand or weak hand or load twins or load quads or with speed loaders. Is you do that with dummy rounds in your basement where it's safe or in your garage or your shop and you just do that just learn the functionality of your gun and how to handle it be proficient and there's no replacement for live fire 
No, there's uh, but to get the fundamentals down, I think it's you know it's 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 key. It's 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 a major thing the guys got to do to learn and be proficient with your you know your firearms. Yeah, well, definitely with the shotgun, shotgun loading because yeah. most people when when you're loading a shotgun, you're like duck hunting or something. Yeah, right? yeah. You got like shells loose in your yeah. pocket. You a handful and like, of shells. <laughs> you try to get them in the gun where yeah. it's like you know putting them in back or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, whereas, yeah, I mean, like, especially quad loading, like, that's, you need some dexterity for that. And, and you, you find out how many times you can tear your thumbnail off before, uh, you know. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, you uh, bring that shotgun down to nuke and we'll smooth that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Is, is your M2 bad for, for catching your thumb? Not anymore. Yeah. It's, uh, we're Not since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what thumb? I don't have a thumb anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, we did some work to it and opened it up a little bit and put a different lifter in it, a tearing lifter, so yeah. it's, it's smoother, but... It yeah. definitely makes a huge difference. Yeah, the uh, my buddy's got a verse, one of the Versamaxes, the three and a half inch, and that thing's bad. It's yeah, to work on it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just made to get your yeah, thumb. Yeah, just big enough to kind of squeeze that thumbnail and pull it right off. It's, <laughs> it's pretty good for that. I got a I got a picture of my uh, my Instagram, um, and it's like I should put the caption: "If you ain't bleeding, you ain't training." Because <laughs> holy, <laughs> wow! Yeah. Did I slice myself open? And I just started a, a practice. I live on an acreage, so we I yeah. practice a lot with the shotgun, and we don't break the law that way we can shoot trap and all that until the cows come home and we should be way better shotgun shooters than we are that's for sure but uh it i cut myself and my uh kids were napping oh it was uh, down to my own little range and and I just had to keep shooting, and just I could feel the blood just coming out of the end of my finger. I had blood on my face. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Came in the house, and my wife's like, "Did you just shoot yourself?" <laughs> yeah. Well, that that white rifle that I've got there, it's it's had blood on it before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it happens, right? I mean, you're running your equipment, and you know, you get snagged on on an edge or something like mm-hmm. that, or. Yeah. Hit the VTAC and, you know, cut your finger or whatever. Yeah. That was the end of the Redneck Tactical Tab. Yeah, that's a that's a catcher. Was that uh, uh, a custom, like, well, release that you had on no, there? No, it's, uh, yeah, you buy them from Brownells. They're actually, I think everyone in 3-Gun should have one on their gun. Um, it's just a $25 piece of pressed uh, aluminum or a stainless steel. Stainless steel, I think, yeah. And... I cut my uh, my loading port so low on my Super Black Eagle so that those shells almost fall into the gun. Yeah. And just the way I slid my index finger over that and I cut myself under the finger now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that come off pretty like, quick, eh? Ah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, now we got an Aerodondo one yeah. there tapped and uh, screwed on there. So. That one's not that one that you described there, that redneck one. That's not tapped and screwed. No, you no. slide your forend off. That, that, and that, it kind of it's not a permanent. It comes right underneath the forend. Oh, I get you. Yeah. No, I like the I like the tapped and and mounted ones. The, the, that, the red one is the redneck one is actually a nicer piece because it you have the entire length of your fore, from your forend over your button and mm-hmm. it, you could you could tap yeah. it with any three of your fingers. Yeah. Where if you have a Terran button or uh, another uh, aftermarket button, um, it's kind of blocky. It's blockier, blocky, it's, and it's, it'll snag. It's not smooth on your hand. Where you yeah. transition off your off your stock and back. That that redneck one is is the cat's meow. Oh, I, I do enjoy that. Yeah, it, it does make a difference. I just maybe got it. Itty bit too aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> trying to go uh, Ricky Bobby on it, hey? <laughs> gotta go fast. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna go fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you uh, why don't you guys tell us about your sponsors and uh, and that kind of thing and, and where we can find you guys online as well, right? Okay. Um, 
our sponsors for the 2016 season were uh, Wolverine Supplies out of Verdon, Manitoba. Great gun shop, heavy into the shooting sports, and pretty much if you can Google it, they can probably get it, bring it into the country and get you shooting it. Um, next, first and foremost, um, Wasp Munitions. Our, our buddy Ray Stewart there in Sylvan Lake makes fantastic 9 mil, 40, 45, some 223 and some 308. Um, he's been instrumental and got this whole sponsored shooting thing kicked off for us, so we can't say thank you enough to, to Ray and Wasp. For sure. And great ammo. Goes bang every time, and it's accurate. And it's about the cheapest stuff on the market. Um, awesome. And uh, next, uh, we got Vortex Optics. Um, the three of us on our team are uh, Vortex Canada pro staffers. Um, so we're going down to SHOT Show in Vegas this year. Oh, cool. Um, to represent Vortex. So we're stoked about that. Foaming at yeah. the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, guys! <laughs> yeah. Any little boy's dream. Yeah. Well, yeah, we just had Reg from, uh, from Vortex Canada on, oh, three, four weeks ago, something like that. So he was saying he's going to go down to SHOT Show as well. So you guys should, should see him. Yeah. Him Bump into, yeah. Bump we're going to, we're going to meet all those guys. Um, uh, we got Custom Protect gear um, out of Surrey, uh, providing us with uh, custom uh, fit earplugs. Mm-hmm. Great, um, awesome fit, awesome comfort, um, and we kind of we've been keeping this hush hush, but we can probably let it go now. Um, we're going to be factory shooters next year for uh, Robinson Armament. Okay, yeah, shooting the uh, the new XCRL competition rifle. So we're super excited to uh, to have a, a factory shooter position with uh, with a company like uh, Rob Arms and the XCR's appeal here in Canada. Definitely so that'll really aid in our our training and practice, uh, and uh, we can do a little bit of hunting with the rifle and not be uh, breaking any laws. So we're really excited about that. And uh, we just a few weeks ago signed on with uh, Score. Um, which is Prairie Shot Limited out of Carberry, Manitoba. Yeah, they do like shot shells and that kind of thing. For yeah, sure. shotgun All shells, slugs. Uh, they make uh, trap trap loads, turkey loads, uh, duck loads, goose loads, and everything in between. They even make custom loads. So we're super, super excited uh, to be t- teamed up with uh, Tom and Ishmael with uh, SCORE. And we have a few others that we haven't quite closed the deal, so we're going to... we're gonna unveil those on Facebook and Instagram when they happen here in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. And we haven't quite sealed Squeal. the deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, where, where can people find you online? Are you guys... Uh... Um, on Facebook. On uh, They can they can search Newcomb Gunworks or they can just search our names, Ryan Barch or Del Zimmer or Drew Kruger. And then on Instagram for Newcomb, Newcomb Gunworks. And then, yeah. Dell Zorm, I guess, on Instagram for myself. So. Yeah, and uh, on uh, YouTube as well, especially YouTube. If you could, uh, if you want to search uh, Newcomb. Newcomb? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's not really a lot of. Uh, there's not very many people who are, who are Canadian gun YouTubers, right? So. You know, and that's. Uh, I wish they'd get more of that. You know, when you punch yeah. in uh, Canadian three gun, you get some yeah. videos from back in oh, ten, you know, ten or something like that, two thousand ten. They just kind of pop rel- out of the yeah. out of the woodwork. So hopefully they yeah. come to the top of. Uh, YouTube search engine. Hopefully yeah. we get because there's a there's a really good shooter in BC, Curtis Young. Yeah, I think his handle on YouTube is Maverick Three Gun, 
or Maverick something, and he's got some really good videos. And he's he's how we figured out how we found out about the redneck shoot in BC. It's like holy, look at this! This is yeah. in Canada. Yeah. Like this looks like a, a U.S. quality, U.S. style shoot. Yeah, mm-hmm. great stages, fast, fun, technical. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look on YouTube, there's Edward Edward Osborne's yeah, he's uh, video yeah, there. Yeah, there too. Yeah, there, sure. That's so. how yeah. actually Edward. That's how found out about the Iron Man. In Parma, Idaho. Yeah, yeah, he goes down. With, yeah. He takes that uh, MK1919. I think he's got an Africa. Yeah, he shoots it to war. Too, yeah. yeah, that's war. Yeah. So that's a pretty neat, uh, neat firearm in its own right. Yeah. Challenging to run on a VTAC, but yeah, very <laughs> nice, and com- <laughs> nice and compact. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Way awesome. Better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I hope uh, hope this shooting uh, doesn't come through the recording too bad. But I wanted to thank you guys again for uh, for coming on the the show and uh, talking about three gun. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it, man. You guys, if you get a chance, check out three gun, man. It's it's about the most fun you can have with a gun. (laughs) Yeah. Right about that. Funner and shooting fish in a barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Not really not easier, but funner. Well, I want to thank uh, Adriel for stepping up and doing our main topic for us this week. Yeah, sorry, it's it's a bit echoey in there, but uh, you guys gave me this pro tip after I did it. You said, "Hey, do, you should do it in a do, like record in a car." I was like, "Oh, why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah, cars are great spots to podcast from. Yeah, good especially in time. especially in July. Yeah, with no air conditioning, <laughs> with the windows after rolled up. After about five minutes, you know who's got a nice natural musk. And, and it's uh, none of us. And who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you test the limits of your deodorant. You really do. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. So hmm. it was great to look over and see Owen's wife sitting in a nice air-conditioned car with the engine running. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, that goes back to – that's a story that goes back to when we were on our way to Ontario for the uh, charity shoot. Yep. And we were meeting Owen in a parking lot behind a subway to get a printer. I think it was a printer, yeah. It was a printer. Something a like random that. Thing. Yeah, printers are like $80, but we had to we had to make this happen. Yeah. And so we recorded. Well, that was the only way to get together, too. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah. Oh, it worked out great. We had a whole pile of microcasts that trip. Yeah, we did. Anyway, speaking of microcasts, let's move into listener feedback. Mm. Yep. That's a good segue, right? It's a segue. It's, it's a segue. <laughs> well, I'll take awesome. this first one from Justin. He says, I just moved to Edmonton. Starting a new job and things are going great. However, I find myself without a gun range or a place to shoot. I was wondering which one Adriel is a member of in the area since I can only find indoor ones in the city and Spruce Grove uh, that is, uh, and the Spruce Grove one that is closing down. Everything else seems to be an hour or more away. Many thanks and keep up the great work. P.S. Is someone poisoning Trevor or tainting his water with mind-altering substances? It seems like he's warming up to guns he hated before, such as the 1911s and Millsurps. Either way, last week's episode, uh, the sl- either way, the last week's episode, the slightly curmudgeonly Trevor was funny, and that's from Justin. <laughs> so Whatever, Trevor, man. you were you were finally funny uh. apparently. To Justin, I find you funny all the time, usually looking, but whatever. It's you know, it's taken it's taken many years, uh, but uh, I I will rest well tonight, knowing I'm finally funny to Justin. Mm. Yeah. 
So I think uh, I think Adriel, the the question is to you: Where should he go for a gun club membership? Sure, there, there's the Sherwood Park Fish and Game. If you're on the east end of the city, uh, that one will be closer there. If you're on the west end of the city, then you're looking at Chaz, the Canadian Historical Arms Society. Uh, that one does get you Tuesday nights at Phoenix as well. So if you want to do some pistol shooting during the winter, that'll give you a, a, an inexpensive option to get in there. Um, and I think, well, yeah, I mean, if that's that's about all I could recommend. I mean, everything else is uh, is indoor, and uh, I don't really like indoor. I, I don't mind it for for just kind of warming up on on pistol during the winter, but I'd much rather go outdoor. Cool. Well, thank you for that. And since you're doing such a great job being eloquent right now, why don't you read this next one from Jerome? Oh, I was hoping I wouldn't have to do those Jeremy. accents on there. Jeremy? <laughs> Jeremy? Jeremy? Jeremy. It says Jeremy. Jerome to me. It's well, Jerome. It's, those, little, those little squiggy lines on top of the letters, they mean something to my people. Yeah, but, the, but there's no accent on the last E. You would need an accent goo on the last E to make it sound like its own name. So it's Jerome. It's Jerome. silent. Jeremy. All right. Well, mm. Jerome, what? write in and tell us how to say your name properly. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things nothing. you're in charge of, French grammar rules are not one of them. <laughs> Please don't put me in charge of are that. Are not either. one of them. <laughs> are you going to read this already, Adriel? Yeah, okay, let's go. Dear Slamfire Radio hosts, I've been listening to your show since roughly episode 100. Living in the Canadian capital of the easily offended by the general existence of white straight men. And oh, oh Montreal. The... <laughs> I personally identify as a pan-gender velociraptor. Uh, it's nice to hear some common sense, be it from a thousand kilometers away. Uh, on episode 180, I heard Trevor chastise Doc Wesson over his use of the term silencer, stating the correct term was suppressor. I am now a bit confused. In the majority of the literature I've read on the internet, cans are referred to as suppressors. However, as firearms trainer James Yeager said in one of his YouTube videos, oh, here a Maxim yeah. first Firearm, patented yeah. this sound-reducing device we are talking about as a silencer. So who's right? What am I missing? Uh, also, I am considering for the first time selling a firearm. What do you guys and gal accept as a way of payment and what Gosh. do you deem secure and not secure except beer, which goes without saying. Thanks again for the great show. Jerome from Montreal. Okay, as far as um, internet commandos go, James Yeager is one of the biggest ones. Uh, but I don't think Hiram Maxim is an internet commando. And no. he's the one that patented it as a silencer. Yeah. So, did, so did, the, did the inventor of the device get it wrong, I think is the question here. I think it's, yes. it's, it's like this. We call the Air 15 a modern sporting rifle because we need our own safe word for it. They call it an assault rifle. We say, no, 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 it's not an assault rifle. That's an ugly, violent word. It's a modern sporting rifle. Hollywood has uh, mm -hmm. created this persona that silencers are really are silent and that the gun literally goes pew, pew, pew. Well, we know that that's not reality, so our enthusiasts and the industry has called them suppressors because they suppress the sound. They do not completely silence the so sound. So what you're saying is the politically correct term is silencer, but the ac or is, is suppressor, but the actual term is silencer. Yes, and so... So as somebody who is completely anti-politically correct, they are now silencers from now on to me. <laughs> there you go. If it was good enough for Maxim, it's good enough for Matthew. Yeah, it's a quote. Yeah. No, I think uh, we just made up the term suppressor to kind of 
uh, come up with a more realistic name for what the device in fact does. Interesting. That's that's a good theory. I'm not sure if it's, uh, you know, how much water that holds, but it's a good theory. I like it. I'm going to stick with it myself. The original term was silencer, but now every time somebody says silencer, we, whether it's jokingly or not, which, of course, I'd be the last person to try and put Doc Weston in his place. Um, But, uh, yeah, we, we jump on each other for silencer, just like we jump on each other for clip. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you heard it <laughs> here about, first, uh, folks. We have no idea. Um, yeah. What about selling the firearm? Selling a firearm. Uh, I accept personally. Pay, yeah, they, they pay before you send the gun. And EMT is how I do it. EMT is king. I'll, but I mean, I really take anything that's secured other than the check. You can sure. send me a bank transfer. Well, you can, you can send, send me a check. check. I'm just, it's going to clear before I send you the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and until I have money in my account, you're not getting the gun. And that's basically the only way you have to check. Do. I wouldn't take I wouldn't a check take either. A check. I would take a money order. Yeah, a money order makes yeah. more sense. But PayPal, PayPal, if they're going to cover the fee, and EMT. Or, EMT. Or EM, EMT yeah. every single so, day. Everyone in yeah. Canada uses debit. It's easy. Yeah. Um, now, if you're, if, if you're selling on CGN, Jerome, uh, one thing you might find is that uh, no one wants to buy your gun if you've got a trader rating of zero. So you may have to provide, like overwhelming proof that you're a real person and that this is a real gun that you're selling. Uh, so just be prepared for that because most of the sellers so on CGN Adriel are... does, Adriel goes in the bathroom and takes selfies like gangsters in front of the mirror <laughs> with the gun. With the so gun. Like, see yeah. my face, see the gun, see me point the gun at the mirror. What <laughs> I did when I was on CGN at first is I bought a bunch of stuff to get my yep. trader rating up. And once your Same. trader rating is high enough, then you can start selling and people trust you. You can also buy from buy or sell from people who are local on CGN, right? And, and just meet them face to of, face. Yep, yep, yep. And then you do your uh, your parking lot gun deals, and that's right. uh, yeah, I and mean, like course. I'm not joking about that. You you pay you pay first uh, through CGN, and you arrange to meet the person in like the parking lot of like a wholesale sports or something like that, and you swap Bring guns. Bring friends. Yeah. Never go alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, of course, you're you're expected to do your due diligence with regards to confirming licenses. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, and it's a way to cover your butt as well um, in the transfer because if you ask for the guy's license or or girl's license or whatever, and uh, and they give you like a fake one or something like that or one that doesn't match their name that they that they gave or something, that's that's one more confirmation point for you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good advice all around, Kelly from Clayton. Yep. Hey, SFR. I was wondering if you folks could point me in the right direction regarding three-gun gear. I really enjoyed the episode with Dave from the three-gun show, but I was hoping you guys would have discussed some Canadian-specific three-gun gear you guys usually bring to a match. Three-gun modification, make pouches, holsters, belts, caddies, etc. I'm hoping to buy some gear over the winter for the next season, and your help would be much appreciated. All the best, Clayton. P.S. Trevor, would you quit knocking the flower beds at my range? Last time I checked chicks dig flowers kelly do you dig flowers yeah of course you dig them how else do you plant them (laughs) yeah oh oh, thank you matthew yeah (laughs) matthew is the um uh you can just stop uh, right there fantastic thank you trevor when you're done having your stroke you just let us know (laughs) you're the autistic (laughs) member of the of of the uh cast Definitely. Of course they definitely, dig definitely. flowers. How else do you plant them? <laughs> we have flowers at our at our range. Super duper. Did you spend forty thousand dollars on them? No. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, no, no, flowers are cool. Forty thousand dollars worth of flowers is excessive. Better be some pretty cool flowers, or you know, like poppies. They weren't even that cool, man. I saw them. Poppies. Maybe. No. <laughs> I, and now let me just say for reals here that um, it's none of my business what any range spends their money on. I'm entitled to my comedic opinion, and that's all this is. I really, I'm just. You really don't poking, care. I really don't care. I'm just no. poking fun because it's funnier this way. Sure. So yeah. I but see really, pictures. They're beautiful. <sighs> that. that I'm glad that we're spending more time on the PS than the actual email. <laughs> yeah, we should be three talking about no, flowers. All right. I, all I'm going to say about the three-gun gear is I learned at the last three-gun match where these guys shoot a lot more three-gun than we do that um, they take the extended controls on their firearms, their long guns, as seriously as we do on our pistols. So if you're a Nipsic shooter and you're shooting like a standard gun or an open gun, you know you've got mag wells and you've got big... Th- honking safeties that you can rest your thumb on and all that good stuff well they do the same with their long guns the shotgun feeding port is completely opened up and beveled the bolt release on the shotgun has got an extended button on it the ar-15s i don't know if there was any ar-15s that well yeah there was mine and muffins were the only ar-15s without magwells you can get all kinds of different magwells to bolt onto the lower receiver of your air 15 that will funnel the magazine it looks like a satellite dish it's, it's comical it's so big also um bad levers of all kinds of shapes and sizes mm-hmm. and extended um mag releases for the air 15 because not everybody's finger is actually long enough to get onto the button so they come okay. up and back towards your hand so uh i came away with definitely a wish list uh, of little knickknacks, like there's a new lifter you can get for the uh, Versamax. I didn't replace my lifter on my Versamax. I had it welded to fill up the front. And the reason why they do that is because when you're speed loading it with your thumb, you can get your thumb caught between the lifter and the magazine tube. Well, one of the solutions is to weld the front of it, but that also gets rid of the um, the crease, if you will, in the lifter that centers the shell on its way into the chamber. Well, there's a new lifter for the Versamax. I don't know how new it is, new to me anyway, uh, that has a cradle. Instead of welding the front, the front is filled, but filled with a cradle that the shell has no choice but to ride on and get lifted into the center. So little knickknacks like that, there's really a lot of ways to trick out your long guns that I didn't know about and uh, until I saw them. So that's, uh, that's my advice. Look at the extended controls for both your long guns. Anybody want to talk about uh, maybe the belts? Yeah, well, get a belt. Just, uh, yeah, get a belt. On the, <laughs> on the long cool. gun there, um, on your shotgun, the charging handle isn't, like on, on a semi-automatic tra- uh, shotgun, your charging handle isn't as critical as your bolt release. The, the factory bolt releases on semi-automatic shotguns are, are tiny, and, uh, and you definitely need an enlarged one to, uh, to compete in that. And then after that, it's beveling out that, the, the port, the loading port, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Putting on an extensive, extended tube, of course, to max out your, uh, your shell count. Um, so there's, uh, there's definitely some, some mods on that side of things. Uh, in terms of belts, I think it depends on how many shotgun shells you, you have to run at your stage. Because um, if your club is a, is a high shot shell count uh, club... You might need to run like a pile of of shell caddies, or even like a chest rig, to be able to uh, get enough of a, a shell count. When every time somebody says chest rig and three gun, I I, I do that that noise. It just did because I 
I watch a lot of professional three gun videos and I never see a pro three gunner with a chest rig. There's tons of them. Really? What's her name? Jenna. Uh, oh, what's her Jenna name? Jenna Reeves? Yeah, she's, she runs a, a chest rig and she runs a, a load twos and was getting into quad. There's a, like, there's a, a really high ranking YouTube video on, on uh, dual loading and quad loading that she's got where she's running from a, a chest rig. Well, I need, I need, I'm not seeing these videos then. But I did say professional. And, and Jenna, Jenna it, it really depends so. on the club, right? Because yeah. it does. Some clubs it are running. On the match uh, director. Yeah. 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 Some clubs are running like a quote unquote normal count for shot shells. And they don't run that many. You might need to reload like, a, uh, let's say, like three times, which you can run on a belt. Uh, it's just a, if you're if your shot count is into the 30s. Uh, or higher, then you definitely like you're gonna run out of room on a belt. If you also have to have your pistol and all your other stuff on your belt, you're gonna run out. There's not gonna be enough space. So and and I, I see the terms three gun and multi gun thrown around synonymously. And in my understanding, and and correct me if I'm wrong, three gun pertains to a match that includes rifle stages, shotgun stages, and pistol stages. Multi gun refers to the sport of multi-gun that USPSA started, which includes up to all three firearms in the same stage. And if that's the case, then you're, you're setting up different belts. Because I know some people who shoot uh, professional three-gun where they've got a shotgun belt, a pistol belt, and a rifle belt, and one inner, and they strap on the belt they need for this particular stage. Where the type of multi-gun shooting that you and I and Matthew do and Kelly's looking at getting into is we got to carry it all on our belt. We need to have our shot shells, our rifle mags, and our pistol mags. And there's not a lot of real estate there, especially, mm-hmm. as you said, if you have a club with the match director who likes heavy on the shot shell. Mm-hmm. When you get the front of your belt covered in shot shell from your holster all the way to the other side of your, from one hip to the other, doesn't leave a lot of room for pistol and uh, and, rifle. And, rifle. and yeah, holster and, and all that kind of thing. So, now, you, you described multi-gun and, and three-gun. Now, the way I understand it, three-gun is... Uh, using all three during your stages. Some stages you might not be using one or, or, or the other kind of a thing, but Some, yeah. uh, the idea is you're using uh, one or more uh, during each stage. I'm basing that on on the term that USPSA uses on their rule book. They call it USPSA multi-gun, and the rules are specific to transitioning between firearms within the same stage. If you look mm-hmm. at IPSC, IPSC has three gun. But the, what, a, what an IPSC three-gun match is, is if you do the Grand, uh, I think it's called Grand Slam, Grand Tournament. Oh, I don't. Anyway, you can ha- what you do is you have three pistol stages, three shotgun stages, three rifle stages. Each is their own little match. And then you there's some people think that IPSC scoring is convoluted. Well, there's an even more convoluted, convoluted method of determining the winner of the overall match based on, you know, the yeah. three. Uh, so... I, I think three gun on that definition is, is like that's a mix ipsic craziness because three gun nation the the most popular version of three gun through the U.S. that's multi gun and oh and it is yeah. yeah all right then I don't clearly know what I'm talking about and we're gonna cut this whole thing from the episode because it was a big waste of time moving on well no it's just <laughs> if ipsic uses ipsic uses the word interchangeably and they shouldn't they should call it. Um, I don't know, like a match where you get to shoot some gu- <laughs> yeah. three guns. <laughs> well, is, three, is three gun nation really more popular than USPSA multi gun? Oh, I um, well, that's the, the one the, that was the, on the I've... TV and stuff, right? Three gun nation, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they've got like they're geared specifically for that. And most of the bigger matches that I've seen have been three gun nation matches, not uh, 
Um, USPSA still has a really strong one, though. They've, they've still yeah. got like, good matches. And I never hear about IPSC three-gun matches. No, because it's lame. Are you yeah. are you seeing people with plate carrier plate carriers chest rigs in three gun nation? Uh, well, I don't. I, I see it every once in a while out at my club. Uh, some of the better shooters will have uh, a chest rig, and that's specifically as an add on. So they've got room on their belt, and they'll run their belt only if they can. But if they have a stage where the the round count is super high, they'll run a chest rig because th- like you can fit. Uh, you know, 30, 40 rounds onto your chest if you if you run a chest rig, right? I don't know if this is true, but I was told that in Ipsic, chest rigs for shotgun shells are are prohibited, not allowed. And do you know what the rationale was? And again, I don't know if this is true, just passing it along because it's humorous. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a suicide vest. Really? It looks like you're <laughs> strapped with dynamite, yeah. <laughs> you got to remember, this is a sport that won't let ROs who are shooters yeah. who are acting as ROs carry their own gun while ROing because of how it looks. Yeah. They got away with that in Florida in the list. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, belts get something nice and stiff, double alpha, that kind of thing. They're, they're in Canada. They're 50, 60 bucks. They're awesome. Uh, caddies, they're all expensive. So figure out what yeah. kind of shooting you want to do with them. Cause they're, <laughs> you're, they're it's, it's very easy to spend 200 to $300 on shot shell caddies. Mag pouches, super easy. Any like whatever you've got and, and whatever you got available. You can run the the go fast uh, uh, configurable pistol mag pouches, or you cannot. Uh, when it comes to the rifle ones, I and this is not a go fast part. I'd like the the uh, double mag pouch for the AR. I've got a Blatech one, and I don't like it because it's fast and easy to use. I like it because it's compact and because yeah. it only takes up one slot on my belt. I don't mm-hmm. want like a whole bunch of space being taken up by a bunch of tandem uh, uh, mag pouches. So that's ni- that's nice that that one stacks up. You don't need to change your mag in your AR that much, right? So it's okay to fumble for one mag change and then save that space. Mm. Where are you getting? Where are you? Uh, if Clayton's shopping, where are you buying most of your stuff, Adriel? Select shooting, shooting supplies has a ton of the uh, Blade Tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Blade, Te- Blade Tech and and Magpul and all those guys—they're prolific. Right? Yeah. They're they're available at your local gun store and that kind of thing. So right. get that stuff if you can. The stuff that's harder to get, good gun belt. Like I don't I don't see a lot of those around here. There's the Uncle Mike's garbage, but you, you gotta know, go to the um, the Ipsic stores. Like if you want Sierra Speed, you go to um, Freedom Ventures in Halifax. If you want Ghost, go to Double Tap Sports in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, double Alpha may also be carried by Double Tap Sports. I've got my Double Alpha stuff directly from Double Alpha. They're overseas. I forget which country. One of the cool ones. Um, MD whole... Gardner carries all their stuff too. Yeah, MD mm-hmm. Gardner. Uh, one of the founding members of Ipsic, actually. Doc, Doc, Doc uh, Murray. Um, uh, holsters. Uh, we generally recommend at my club that you're going to use a holster not a full-on race holster like the Sierra Speed or the Ghost Ultimate. You're going to want a, like a more traditional Kydex-style holster, something that is easy to reholster without any kind of the muzzle on the peg and then dip the trigger guard in, then lock it. Because in some cases, depending on the club or the match director, you have the option of reholstering your handgun to move on. Um, a lot of clubs have switched to putting out retention devices. I know I have. Because it's just easier to apply a safety if you have it, drop it in the retention okay. device, and go. There's a lot less can go wrong dropping it into a shoebox than trying to reholster. Mm-hmm. 
Do they have specific rules on retention levels for three gun? Uh, well, no. Like in, in like, our club, like no, no textile, no like crappy eBay uh, textile, un, uh, like universal yeah. holster garbage. Just mm-hmm. like, and and that's just because they suck. I mean, if you, you'll see people who got that one of those eBay holsters and uh, comes out to a match and they're running back from whatever position they're shooting at and oh there goes their pistol and drops yeah. on the ground right so we we banned them we you can't use them at our club you have to use something that's got uh, a proper hold on the pistol now that that can just be like a standard you know blade tech holster or whatnot you don't need like a level two with a strap on top or anything mm-hmm. like that just a, a regular blade blade tech Another advantage of that is that if you need to go prone or modified prone and grind your pistol into the dirt, it's at least going to cover over and, and, and keep it safer than uh, yeah. uh, like like a race holster or something like that, right? Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to talk to Clayton about, he's uh, a new Patreoni, so we'll give him a shout out later. But also when we were doing the show on Monday, Mom with Mark, we talked a lot about three gun gear, didn't we? And I talked, sure. a little, I talked a little bit about it on the uh, on the yeah. main topic with these guys as so, well. So we're kind of yeah. like sprinkling it everywhere right now. <laughs> it's a three gun everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but he 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 can go back and listen, or can he? Yes, he can. Awesome. Yeah, Hi, new, new new Patreons can new Patreons can always go back and listen to old material. Awesome. Yeah. And I've, I'll, I'll attach an article to this as well. I've got an article that talks about um, some of the common like mods and uh, what's what's popular in Canada in terms of firearms and that gear and that kind of thing. Fantastic. Well, if you, the listener, would like to send an email to the show, you can send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. No new iTunes reviews this week. That's okay, though. We know you still love us. Right? Mm-hmm. You do still love us, right? Somebody should send us an iTunes review. We need new love. We need new love. We need we need our love to be Isn't ever prolific. Show something. Yeah, I don't know. What's that, Kelly? Netflix and chill. What? <laughs> exactly. Okay. I said it's a new it's a new Netflix show. Oh right. Yeah, I new know. love. Yep. It's all about guns and shoutouts. <laughs> shoutouts. Yeah, I got a shout out to uh, to Mark for coming on for a second special show. So he uh, he came up with the topic, and uh, yeah, don't generously you know gave us his time to to come onto the show and talk, and just wanted to thank him for that. Mm. And if any other Patreonies would like to come on, uh, just send us an email. Tell us you want to come on. Tell us what you want to talk about. And uh, when we can't think of anything better, we'll call you up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Which is often. That's often. Yeah. Very often. Yeah. Almost We've been relying yeah. on the Patreonies. To provide the Patreon con- uh, content, yeah. it's working out great. I don't see the problem in this. Neither do I. I. Think it's it's a like great perpetual idea. motion. You, just like that. I don't the know more Patreonies we get, the more Patreoni shows there will be. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. All and right. We should, probably get, we should probably get a run of stickers made and mail them out to the Patreon. I just found. I just found a company that'll do the morale patches and a. <gasps> uh, 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 Big run of them, so no we're gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do up like uh, 200 of them. Oh, That's awesome! Cool. Yeah. yeah. So what we'll do is we'll charge twice what we normally would, so that we can cover the costs and the ones we give to the Patreonies for free. That's right. Wait, I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I've got two shoutouts. Go uh, one, one to the Squire. Um, I, you know, Glock versus 1911, right? So we were shooting for groups. Him with his 19 or him with his Glock. And me with my 1911, and so just to make it fair, 
I shot with my left hand. Right. I believe the words he called me were arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) The first shot was bad, but then, yes, I was able to beat him with my left hand using a 1911 uh, over his Glock. My whole world doesn't make any sense anymore. But if you're shooting a 1911 against a Glock, and you might as well do it with my left hand since everything else is wrong. Um, and speaking yeah, of 1911, how many episodes uh, away are we from the SKS episode? We're not. We talked about how uh, how you're modding one out. I'm not modding one out. I am getting one sent to me, which we are going to s- raffle off to the listeners and donate the money to this year's charity for the charity shoot. And right. at the charity shoot, I will shoot it. That In a dress. The- I don't know about the dress thing. Yes, I know. You, I you said it on the apparently. Too, so, apparently, yeah, it was said yes. Yeah, Jay Hines is going to shave his beard while wearing a dress, and I'm going to shoot an SKS while wearing a dress. All in the name of charity. No one wants to see us in a dress. <laughs> I do. But Not really. But have we you paid seen to do it. like Jay Hines' beard? Looks like he has an Ewok cub like <laughs> stuck to his face. It is. It's glorious. That's the it only is. word for it. Anyway. Back to Chris Babes. Um, Chris Babes ran to production. I should say he ran back to production. So Chris Babes, longtime listener, going all the way back to CRR. He was actually on an episode of CRR once. And um, he shot production with the Tanfolio for years and years. And then he made the switch to Classic. And then when I was joking around about switching to Classic, he called me out. He's like, I will beat you at this year's Nationals. Do you remember what the margin was, Matthew? 17%? Eight. 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 Remember? He was I knew it was a one sw- in seven. He was going to sl- Yes, it is a one and a seven. <laughs> he was going to slaughter me, and the uh, apparently a sl- if you slaughter somebody, it means you've beaten them by 8%. Anyway, so Chris Babes, uh, I, I don't know, he got cold feet or he got a sponsor, one or the other. I'd like to think he got cold feet. He'll tell you it's because he's the new Grand Power sponsored shooter. So congratulations, I guess, Chris, for being sponsored by Grand Power. <laughs> I guess, whatever. I guess, whatever. <laughs> So maybe now I got to take my stock through extreme and shoot in production. There you go. See if it beats me by eight percent. No way, man. No way. If I'm going to shoot a nine mil, I'm going to shoot a nineteen eleven nine mil. <laughs> yeah, because that's what makes sense. I don't believe in nothing <laughs> more. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations to Chris on getting a spot with Grand Power mm-hmm. and uh, using that as an excuse to run away from our uh, our challenge. So man up, Chris. Come up with a new challenge, man. Seven percent. Seven percent. Yeah, there you go. Well, production and classic minor are the same scoring. That's true. So we just got to look at our points at the end of the match. Yeah, just Eh. whoever has the most points wins. There you go, babes. It's still on. All right. Okay. Patreon Patreon supporters, we have a new one, as was mentioned just a few minutes ago, Clayton, for uh, 223. So thank you very much, Clayton, and hopefully we got some of your answers, some of your questions answered. Current Patreon supporters, we have Robert, Colin, Dave, Mr. Uzi, Morgan, Jason, Dalton, Jonathan, Tyler, Richard, Rob, Thomas, Chad, Kevin, Ryan, Adrian, Mike, Mark, Justin, Miss Stacy, Spencer, Byron, James, and that's it so far. But we do have a new show. It was put up last week, and it was with Mark P., as was mentioned earlier, so that was awesome. Thank you, Mark, for coming on and uh, and stuff. It was a good show. So It was a good show. Yeah. I enjoyed so it. So good, you should pay for the privilege. Of listening. <laughs> yeah. It's actually just a lot like this. Except just... It, it, commercial free. It's commercial it, free. It is commercial free. Uh, there's no intro and outro music, so you do get that extra 45 seconds of... 
actually you don't get anything extra because we just tack that on in addition to what you're already listening to. So you also don't get yeah. 35 minutes of what I did this week in guns. That's true. It's all about the Patreoni. Yep. And yeah. And Trevor's so, opinion about him. I mean, the man can cook <laughs> a steak and corn. He certainly can. That corn but, was delicious. Uh, the corn was delicious. You're going to have right. to listen to find out, folks. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. It was something. <laughs> All right, guys. Please listen. No, wait. That's that's us. You Please listen to us. Please keep listening to us. Please join. <laughs> please listen to me. Listen up, folks. Here we go. Please join one or more of our National Firearms Associations. Please check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Please like us on Facebook. We've gotten a bunch of other cool things such as kangaroo thumbs, etc. And um, we thank you for every single one of them. Gentlemen, lady, parting thoughts? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Trevor? I, was I, I know I said gentlemen, but you're in too. What? I was trying to think of something that rhymed with farting, parting, farting, farting, parting farts. I don't know. I got nothing. Thank you. Thank you. Good for- night! <laughs> <laughs> So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. The pin was glued into the thing, and I was working at it very closely in front of my face. And when I finally ripped it out, well, guess, of course, I was holding on to the, to the tube crazy glue very tightly. And when I finally ripped the tack pin thing out of the top the pressure from me squeezing it shot the crazy glue into my nostril and it, it like <laughs> dried in the corner of my nostril and created like this hard crystallized snot of crazy glue and which i immediately ripped out <gasps> blood oh my and it actually it actually like the shape of my nostril is actually been changed by ripping that Wow, what a memory. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> Holy forgot I did that. I'm glad I clicked record at the beginning of that story. <sighs> That's an outtake. <laughs> I can't even make this crap up. Like this Were you drinking ginger beer? Dude, I was like 12 years old. <laughs> I'm drinking ginger beer right now. Are you? Mm. What brand is it? Old Time, the Great so Jamaican. I had, I had two bottles of ginger beer here, right? Plus Matthew's regular Dr. Uh, Pepper. And so I gave him one of the ginger beer, and then he went back for the second one, and I was, like, pleading with him, no, please don't. I only bought two, and I've got <laughs> Dr. Pepper for you, like, downstairs. That's the only other ginger beer in the house. It was like we were arguing over the last hit of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it. But it's the only other one. I conceded, though, right? You did. Yes, I was a bad host. I should let you have it. No, it's okay. I understand okay. the draw of ginger beer. I mean, that first hit, after that, you're just chasing that dragon. Well, you remember the story about St. John? I do. You should tell it again, though. No. (laughs) Why don't we start the show? (laughs) All right. Everybody ready? I may have gotten a lot of sleep today and a little bit of sugar. All right. This is going to be a fun show. (laughs) 